1: And I welcome you to the show. I'm debating what to begin with. Do I tell you about more children being hypersexualized at a young age? Do I talk to you about the staggering uptick in violent crime? <laughs> it's. It, it, my beloved country is in trouble, my friends. you know my parents used to say it fascinated me even in the in the 70s when they would say it they they grew up in the in the 30s they were see they would have been uh, teenagers in the 1930s so my parents born 1918 1930 they were 12 1940 they were 22 perfect their entire teen years were in the 1930s they grew up in Brooklyn, New York. They lived there their whole lives until they moved at a, at a later age to New Jersey to be near my brother and his family. And what blew my mind was when my parents would talk about how safe New York City was in the 1930s when, when they grew up. And for that matter, I believe the 1940s too. And they, they would have been in their 20s. My mother said that she would take the subway at two o'clock in the morning alone and walk from the walk from the subway station to her home alone at that hour and never even thought it might be dangerous. Often the concept of the good old days is... Uh, is romanticizing the past, but in many arenas of life, there were good old days in America. Uh, There were good old days in America in my life, 1970s there was a a big crime burst in New York City, where I lived until 1976 when I moved to California. When I moved to California, it was a dream to go. California represented, uh, above all things, a a relatively carefree life, a, a lively, free existence, basically, unless you were violating the law in a serious way. You did what you wanted. That's that's what LA represented. So those were good old days. When I talk to Julie Hartman, the the twenty two year old remarkable young woman I do a podcast with every week. It's called Dennis and Julie. You can watch it on YouTube and you can listen to it at, at the Salem Podcast. Network and I, there's a on to Spotify, uh, uh, release or allow or have on Spotify as well, at Apple as well. Dennis and Julie, it's called. So, when I tell Julie about my youth, the freedom, the free speech, the The general sense of, again, you could do what you want unless you violated the law. Uh, Many of the things that I tell her are unbelievable. I mean, just even talking about monkey bars, seesaws, swings, diving boards. (laughs) You could run all you wanted during recess. You know, schools are prohibiting running. Kids can't run. And then for two years, kids had to wear a mask for absolutely no good reason, and all it did is hurt them. Parents don't take their kids out of school, even though there's a very real chance they'll be damaged in many of the schools of this country at a young age. And I'm not even talking about the damage to their conscience, just psychologically damaged because they want to continue to have a two-family, two-parent income, completely understandable, but when you will look back on your life and you will see the damage, if it takes place, may not, but it really could, to your child, you will sort of kick yourself, why didn't I? Forgo income for a period of time or work from home and homeschool my child. Be in my child's life. Let other good kids be in my child's life. But people don't think through the future. There is a great line in the Talmud, the ancient gigantic work the size of a massive encyclopedia the second holiest work in Judaism, there is a great line in there, who is the wise man? they, They were preoccupied with wisdom. Who is the wise man? And you know what the answer was? The one who can see what will be born. Yes, that is a big part of wisdom. Asking what will happen in macro and micro. What will happen if we defund police? What will happen is police will be demoralized, criminals will be condoned. Horrible, violent crime is spiking entirely due to the people who attack the police, physically or verbally or legally. Police are simply leaving. They are held in contempt by the liberal half of this country, not just the left half, the liberal half. This is one of those things that a lot of liberals agree with the left on, that the police are subhuman in general. Not all, not all. They don't believe that about all. They actually believe, ask your liberal, and I mean liberal, certainly leftist, but ask your liberal relative or friend, and do it in a gentle way, how many unarmed blacks you think are killed a year by police? And when you tell them in, it's in the low 20s, and of course not every unarmed black was not a lethal threat. In Ferguson, the unarmed black was in fact a lethal threat to the policeman. You can certainly threaten people without a weapon. But anyway, how many, whether they whether they were attacking police unarmed or not, how many? About 23. And yet the, the propaganda of the left is that the police are racist. There's no, there was no even charge to Derek Chauvin that he was racist in his treatment of George Floyd. Everybody in America should be required, if you love truth, but truth is not loved, it's not a left-wing value, everyone should be required to see the video of the treatment of George Floyd prior to his death. How kindly they tried to get him into the police car and he resisted. Context doesn't exist in the George Floyd issue the beatification of George Floyd is just part of the rewriting of history that is now the pandemic. Oh, there are many pandemics in the country. But it, uh, that is one of them. Anyway, I talk about the good old days in that sense. I saw Uncle Tom 2. My wife and I watched it two nights ago. Larry Elder's film and the second one in this series, first was Uncle Tom, now Uncle Tom 2, it is so heartbreaking to see the movies and stills of black life in the 1930s, 40s, even 50s and the the, the there was obviously terrible, there were terrible laws. Of discrimination, and yet uh, there, were, there was a, a vibrant black life, family life. I think in the 1930s the, the black family was more intact than the white family. Can you speak about good old days there while recognizing the evil of Jim Crow laws? I think you can.
0: The Dennis Prager Show.
1: Dennis Prager here to share a product that can help keep everyone more healthy, Cofix RX. Most of us know that viruses of all types are a part of life. What we don't always know are the right products that could be protecting us. So I'd like to tell you about Cofix RX and its doctor approved secret ingredient. As a safety measure, many doctors and nurses have been using iodine to swab their noses for decades. Iodine has been in use since 1811. And 96% of us are iodine deficient. Using Cofix RX antiviral nasal spray with povidone iodine is a smart way to stay healthy. Cofix RX is made right here in the USA. It's simple to use. You spray it up your nose and the iodine destroys germs and pathogens where they multiply in the nasal cavity. Check out cofixrx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com for a retailer near you or use the coupon code Prager for 20% off at cofixrx.com. Yes, the deliberate division that was done by people who want to hurt this country. The people who hate this country understand that it can't be destroyed externally it can only be destroyed internally as indeed uh, they are doing the the puzzle is not that there are people who want to wreck the united states and the west the the puzzle is that there are decent people who vote for them how how can you remain so willfully ignorant of the destruction being wreaked upon America by the left and then vote for the party of the left. How can you do that? There's only, well, I was going to say there's only one explanation, but there is one big explanation. The propaganda works that Republicans will create a theocracy or a, a dictatorship, but we had Republicans in charge under Donald Trump, and it was a freer country than now. You know, I just got this in. This is this is like it's almost beyond belief. So Mike Lindell coming out of a restaurant was picked up by the FBI. They they they, they took his they, they took his phone. Make a make a public scene of it. He was just leaving a Hardee's having having some some food to eat, and they took his phone. The FBI took his phone. Why? Why was he banned permanently? What was it from Twitter? Who banned him? Uh, who banned him permanently? Yeah, from Twitter. When he tried to use a new account, he was banned again because he believes that the, the election was dishonest. I don't understand. If you're not advocating violence, why can't you have the opinion? If Let's say it's 100% wrong. You can't have wrong opinions? Did the people who put up tweets about Russian collusion with the Trump campaign? Did, did the fifty-one highest-ranking officials in the intelligence agency who put out a statement that the that, that the uh, the Biden laptop? Was Russian disinformation, were their Twitter accounts banned? It's an out-and-out lie to, uh, to influence the election from governmental agencies. It dwarfs anything that Mike Lindell has said in terms of hurting the society. This is all political. This is the use of the FBI for the sake of a party called the Democratic Party. Who who imagined that, that we would see this? I spoke to a man two weeks ago. In, in in prison for what? How many? Over a year? What a year and a half? Because he entered the uh, the Capitol on January sixth. He spent he spent nearly a year, two thirds of a year in solitary confinement. You beat somebody up in the street; you're treated better. He was he's been denied bail. It's the United States, we have political prisoners in the United States because the left is in charge. There's no example of the left ever being in charge, and they're not being political prisoners. People are ignorant of the left, ignorant. Uh, this, these are really, really dark times. I don't say they'll be dark forever. I am maintaining my normal, cheerful countenance in life but it's heartbreaking to see something good smashed it's like a beautiful painting with flaws in it of course because humans are involved it's like watching a beautiful painting being cut up that's my analogy to what the left is doing to the United States of America Kalamazoo, Michigan Scott, hello
2: Hello my friend Shalom happy Wednesday. Thank you. I um I'm just listening to you and I'm thinking about how much you inspire me. I do um it's like a podcast. I'm not on any podcast platform like YouTube and uh, a lot of little cities around Michigan. And um I talk about the Jewish roots of Christianity and when you start talking about things like the Talmud like who is the wise man the one who see um, what will be born, like things like that inspired me. I also, like, published a book because of, um, you know, some of the principles, like you were just talking about um, Larry Elder and, um, and un, uh, unarmed blacks being killed. So I wrote a book about Shadow of Shaddai, the image of the God King, and um, about if we would teach our black um, kids about these type of, um, you know, Cultural traditions, you know, like um, being married increases you like eighty percent as far as financial. It's the equivalent of having a six-year degree, even if you're just out of high school. It's just not to um, just want to sleep around, but to actually, um, you know, invest in a kid and they'll grow up and have uh, infinite potential of not going to jail.
1: That's right. You're a good man. Keep preaching that stuff, and I thank you. I don't see a solution to any of the the major problems of this country uh, without a without a return to biblical wisdom. I I, I cannot uh, that does not return to saying you know what the Ten Commandments are divine commands about a moral life. You just say that, and you could start defunding the police. For every million Americans who would adopt that view, God told me not to steal, you could probably get rid of X number of policemen, X number of jail cells. There is no other solution of which I am aware. History repeats itself and we're seeing that play out with inflation when Jimmy Carter took office in the late 70s, gold sold for $140 an ounce. By 1980, the price of gold topped out at $870 an ounce. If today's market performs like it did when Carter was in office, the price of gold could skyrocket from $1,800 an ounce to $9,300 an ounce. This is Dennis Prager for Coin and Bullion. Don't miss out on a great opportunity to purchase precious metals while the prices are still stable. If history repeats itself, we'll see a run on gold, silver, and platinum that will certainly drive up prices. Be smart and buy now, as I am at AmFed, You're dealing with specialists who provide you with personalized attention, honest information, and sound advice. You'll never be pressured into buying outrageously priced so-called collectible coins or anything that you don't need. Take advantage of today's prices. AmFed coin and bullion. 800 221 Americanfederal.com. Americanfederal.com. Hey everybody, I've been looking forward to this for quite some time. I'm speaking to Will Witt. So if you don't know Will Witt, you're in the minority in this country. Will Witt, for years, was one of the most popular presenters, influencers at PragerU. I'll tell you how much I know that, because people would see me at airports and restaurants, and very often they go, do you know Will Witt? And my stock rose when I would say, yes, I'm actually quite close with Will Witt. You can see his videos, of course, at PragerU. He has now left PragerU, and we miss him, and I suspect he misses us, but he's doing great things in Florida, truly wonderful things. He is the editor-in-chief of the Florida Standard, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. His video is up for PragerU this week. Who cares about illegal immigration? So first, hello to you, Will, in Florida.
3: Hey, Dennis, and you are right. I miss you. Uh, so I miss some people from PragerU more than others, but I definitely miss you.
1: <laughs> there was always this great uh, ribbing of of, other, of the other folks. That's I, I love when I do that every so often. I will be with the group and go, you know, I, I really like most of you.
0: Yeah, most. Yeah, exactly. That's right. That's
1: right. So, but you moved from California to Florida. You went from a a place that is moving toward a police state to a free state. Let me talk to you first about that. Do you feel that in daily life?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not even close. I remember being in California and going on Twitter or something and seeing that, oh, COVID cases are rising in California, and I would get this pit in my stomach that would say, oh, man, we're going to lock down again. We're going to have to have masks at the supermarket again. And now I'm here in Florida, and I'll see something like that on social media, and I'm never worried. I, you know, I live out kind of in the countryside in Tampa and it's like a whole different world out here. And not even just because of COVID stuff and economic reasons, but just the way that people view each other, the sense of community that's here, uh, the God-fearing nature of a lot of people who are out here. It's just, I, I, you know, as much as I know Prager, you you guys are in California, everything like that. I urge every conservative to move to the state of Florida and make this place just a conservative uh, Judeo-Christian stronghold. because. It, it well really... that
1: that is the argument I know Dave Rubin who's in Florida also moved from LA Dave Rubin's argument uh, for DeSantis just remaining governor is he could do more good making one great state than even as president were he to be elected so I understand I understand your sentiment if there could be this model of what conservative Rule does for people's happiness, liberty, and safety.
3: Uh, I, I, I think that Florida could serve that role. Yeah, well, I think that Ron DeSantis understands how to use political power to actually get things done. I think that for a long time conservatives have had the you know limited government approach and the very free market approach on a lot of stuff but I think Ron DeSantis has kind of moved into this new populist right conservative movement that we're seeing and says hey I understand uh, that I have a responsibility as governor to do things that are good for my people I'm not going to sit on the sidelines anymore I'm not going to care what the left thinks about me and I'm actually gonna get things done but I would have to disagree and I would say that I think Ron DeSantis would be great as president of the United States because I think there's so much stuff here in Florida still, that we get blockage on from the federal government. I mean, there's still things with COVID, uh, vaccine requirements, all sorts of things that come straight from the top that, that Ron DeSantis really doesn't have power over. And I think that if someone like him was in power in the federal government, I, we could really see changes in the state.
1: That's an excellent argument. I wasn't arguing that he shouldn't run. I, I uh, If he were president, uh, it, it would increase my health and I'm very healthy to, to begin with I, I would love it I'm I only mentioned Dave Rubin to show how powerful the model of Florida is in people's minds including yours obviously what is what is so tell me about the Florida standard this this uh, website yes, so- and paper you, you're now uh, editing.
3: Yeah, so it's a new news organization out here in the state of Florida. Myself as a Californian, or anyone who's from maybe a blue state, and if they were to move to Florida and start reading the news that is being put out here, you would think Florida is a left-wing, tyrannical state just like California. If you read the Miami Herald, the Orlando Sentinel, Florida Politics, uh, the Florida Phoenix, any of these other things, you think... Florida is a place of bastion for Democrats, but that's not the case. Florida now has about 250,000 more registered Republicans in the state than they do Democrats, yet the media landscape here doesn't do that. And so I came out to Florida to start this news organization, the Florida Standard, to basically right side the media landscape that's happening here in Florida. I wanted to do something that was actually for the people of Florida, where people could say, this is where I get real news from. It represents the governor fairly. It represents the people of the state fairly. And it really just shows the truth. And so that's why I started this endeavor. So
1: what, what, is it floridastandard.com? It's the flstandard.com. FLstandard, all right, all right. we're going to be, I'll be back with you in a moment. Will Witt's video is up, by the way, this week at the PragerU about illegal immigration. Mm-hmm. Pillow is having their biggest sheet sale of the year. You all have helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. The Percale and Giza Dream bedsheet sets are available in a variety of colors and sizes. And they're all on sale for as low as $29.98 with our listener promo code. Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale and Giza Dream Sheets are breathable and have a cool, crisp feel. They come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 800-761-6302, use the promo code Prager, or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use the promo code Prager. Yes, 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 go on, go on. Hi, everybody, Dennis Prager here with the Male Female Hour. Uh, I think it's the most honest talk about men and women in the media at this time. And the reason it's honest is that I am very comfortable with all the subjects concerning the two sexes. There are only two sexes. It is an amazing thing to have to add that, but that is the biological truth. And as I say each week, I am not a a man fan, and I'm not a woman fan, I'm a good person fan. There are many not decent people of both sexes, and there are many decent people of both sexes. And once every season, four times a year now, going on, I don't know, 10 years, is the remarkable Allison Armstrong. One L and one L is always one S. One L and Allison, by the way. Sean has decided to have the audience applaud.
0: <laughs>
1: by the way, you can see beautiful Allison on the Salem. Uh, what is it? The Salem News Channel? in the Salem news channel cuz you could watch this show as well as listen. Allison is in Colorado and loving it. How many years now are you in Colorado? Uh
4: full time 9 years. Wow. We got our house half- 2007 and um you and you and I Dennis are in our 18th year.
1: We're in our eighteenth year. That means so. I started with you when when I started with Sue.
4: Um, I, I, met, I met I met Sue
1: in two thousand four.
4: Yeah, and our first show was January of two thousand four, and I was at your house
1: yep. in the yep. part
4: of the valley, and you had barely moved in, and we had that giant microphone. <laughs> 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 Remember?
1: Yep, I do. <laughs> Well, anyway, that's really something. Two important women in my life, the same exact year. I lucked out that year. So Allison Armstrong, I find so interesting, and, and she has such a fertile mind, that I do something with her I never do. I just say, what do you want to talk about? So go ahead, Allison.
4: I want to talk about emotions and feelings and the difference I discovered between men and women in, oh my gosh, in the intensity of them and in our reactions to them and so much misunderstanding about it. And it, it happened because um, last week, Dennis, I was doing an interview in Cape Town, South Africa because I finally published the audiobook of The Queen's Code, which I read myself. I wouldn't let anybody else read it because You might remember this, I didn't actually write The Queen's Code, (laughs) which is kind of interesting for a book that's in the top 0.5% of sales on Amazon out of nine million books in Kindle. Um, I didn't write it. I did all the research to be able to write it and then when I sat down to write it, this movie screen opened and I watched and I typed as fast as I could. And so people asked for an audiobook for ten years and I I had reticence about it and I wouldn't let anybody else do it. So I finally did it. We released it a couple months ago and I'm in this interview in South Africa and um her name is Candice and she was telling me what it was like for her to hear me read the book versus when she had read the book and what she said knocked like, knocked me back. She said, Allison, I would never have read what the men said, right? Because it's fiction and there's four men. I would never have read what the men said because of my prejudice against them that would never think they would have that much intensity or sincerity. (laughs) I was like, "Oh." Oh, my gosh. I'm not going to be out of a job soon, Dennis. Because of men's natural, which is natural, instinctual concealment of emotions and feelings because of being warriors and protectors and you're not going to reveal anything that can be used against you. Women think because you don't reveal your feelings and emotions like we do, that you don't have them like we do and in my that
1: by the way forgive me remember exactly what you wanted to say but i i i need to italicize what you just said yeah that that alone is is revelatory women think that because men don't express them readily they don't have them but it's not true
4: it's not true and it's even more not true than that Women think that if you do have them, it's like a minor version of ours. <laughs> but yes, but my research has shown the opposite. Namely? And I, and I, was, and I was conveying to Candice in the interview, ladies, this is, a, this is good news to be wrong about. I believe men love more intensely than women.
1: Wow
4: I do I really do and we don't know it and we treat that love like it's a lesser love than we would have like it's a little minuscule kind of and version. why
1: and why is that why why would many women think that
4: because despite all the poetry <laughs> despite all the song lyrics right an expression of poetry that's written by men because of the way that men tend to both conceal their feelings and this business of being an honorable person, which is something else men taught me, that to a man to be honorable is to do the right thing no matter how you feel, which includes the feeling of love, that what love would have a man do if it's not the right thing, he'll be ashamed of himself. For having acted on the love instead of what he knew was right. It's part of who you guys are. That's so amazing. Which is why
1: children need that. Some somebody has to do the right thing in raising children despite their love.
4: Yes. Yeah. And the I mean the way that I've the metaphor I've used is if you have a vine, if you think of a child as a vine, you yes, you need sunshine and water and nutrients, but you also need a trellis, or it's going to turn out a mess. <laughs> you need the structure to mm-hmm. to to grow and know where and how to grow and not get all tangled up with yourself.
1: That's great. Then it's it's a great, and I love analogies. That that's a great one. So the the thing that threw, as you said, threw you back. Blew your yes. mind in, in, in the yes. vernacular. What was it?
4: Well, I, I, you know I started studying men in 1991, and I've learned so much and transformed so much. And so how I see men, which means how I filter everything that men do and say, I literally live in a different world than most women. And... And like you said, you're not a fan of men or women. I wasn't a fan of men at all. I thought, I honestly questioned if men had souls. And I knew you didn't have feelings. And so it didn't matter what I said or do. I couldn't hear, I couldn't hurt you. I mean, I really thought the worst version of this. But everything I've learned, first I fell in love with men and became a fan of men. And then the more I listened to men talk about women, I fell in love with women from seeing women through men's eyes. Wow! You think so much more highly of us than we think of ourselves.
1: That uh, I'm telling you, you're uh, you're throwing out uh, great intellectual bombshells today. I want (laughs) to I want to talk about that when we come back. Uh, Allison Armstrong, AllisonArmstrong.com, one L in Allison.
0: The Dennis Prager Show.
1: Dennis Prager here with Alison Armstrong. It's the male-female hour. You, could, uh, you can see her at the Salem News Channel. That's where you can see the show and me if you're interested.
4: <laughs> I love seeing
1: you. I will say. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. I believe that. I do believe that. We have a great affection for each other. The So Alison Armstrong... As an original mind, and it's it's a gift from nature or God. And I don't know if it's ever knowable, which, but she has the gift. That's why I've had her on so regularly, four times a year, to be precise. So she, I think, just the first segment was so pregnant with with ideas. I don't think people understand. I can say, as a man, you're one of the few women who understands men. It's an immense achievement. It's not easy for a woman to do so. We are quite different. Yes. And you started with a negative view of men. I'd like to explore that for a moment because I, I, I don't think that's unique. I'm sure it's not unique, in mm-hmm. fact. Why do so many women have a negative view of men? Is it based upon bad experiences or or something else?
4: Well... I mean, we all have bad experiences. You, you don't get through life without them. Being human, correct. But it, it has to do with um, the way that our minds work, and the way that the way that they literally filter, and our obsession with why. And so, uh, I mean, I've discovered this across the board. Right? We have people participating in our programs, and who've read the Queen's Code all around the world. And it's consistent that as women, we assume that a man is a kind of woman. And so whatever you do, we think we don't even examine it. We think it's completely reasonable to try to figure out why did you do that and project onto you that you did it for the reasons I would have done it. And so, for example, um, the way that men naturally conceal feelings and emotions, right, What we were talking about before the break. Well, a woman will think the only reason you would conceal them is if you didn't care enough about me to share them, or you don't have them to share, <laughs> right? Or that they're, like we were talking about, they're just little tiny versions of the feelings and emotions I have. But we do this with everything if you don't call me when you said you would it means disrespect or you don't like me you don't love me anymore I haven't been mysterious enough to keep you attracted I mean we literally make up so many things about why men do what they do and most of them come down to if you cared enough if you loved enough if you respected me enough you would have done what I and therefore, you must not. You must not love, care, and respect me enough. And in we talk about this in the Queen's Code. In, in the beginning, for a long time with a man, we'll think that there's, what's wrong with me? I must not be perfect enough for you to love me, respect me, or care about me, depending on the context, right? Like including work and business and friendship, family. I must not be perfect enough, so I'll work on myself. What's wrong with me? How can I be more perfect so that you treat me perfectly? And then we get to a point, most of them we get to a point where we can't take it anymore. The self-criticism is so brutal, and we've tried so hard to change ourselves to make you act like a woman that we finally decide, you're broken. <laughs> you don't act like me because you're broken. You're defective. Or you've been damaged by your mother, your ex, your experience in such and such, and we just—it's all what I would call false cause. So, what I found out was I wasn't dealing with men. <laughs> I very rarely dealt with a man. I dealt with what I thought he was, expected him to be, and literally punished him when he wasn't.
1: Why did you decide that maybe that's not accurate?
4: Well, um, I was in a seminar at uh, landmark education in 1991 and my friend, and this is depicted in the Queens code, a friend and colleague stood up and asked the man leading the seminar, why is it that men are so wonderful in the beginning? And I'll give you the short version and then turn into sports watching, pizza, eating couch slumps. Why is that? And his name's Herb Tanzer, and his response to her (laughs) was, oh, I see, you're a frog farmer. And she's like, what? This is about about 120 people. And he said, some women turn frogs into princes. You, my dear, turn princes into frogs. Wow. And, yeah, and she blew it off. I, my world was rocked. I had a vision of rows and rows of frogs with little human heads, and they were all the men that I had provoked, intentionally provoked, because I had decided men were con artists who would act all wonderful until they caught you. So I would literally like do the equivalent of kicking the dog <laughs> and be shocked at how men responded to me and all the ways I took their power away, emasculated them, put them on off balance. I used everything, Dennis. I was, well, I still am, I'm ruthless. I was just ruthless in a bad way. then. I'm ruthless fighting for people's freedom. But I, um, but I tried so hard to change men, right? I'd been married and divorced in relationships and every single one turned out the same way. And at some point, we got to see who the common denominator is.
1: The and common denominator, you.
4: Common denominator, me. And, right. and so
1: unbelievable.
4: His implication, his implication that a woman could bring out the worst or you the need, best. You
1: really do need to write even a short book. I used to dislike men.
4: That should be the <laughs> that
1: should be the working title. Back in a moment with Ballison Armstrong, <laughs> this is the male-female hour on the Dennis Prager Show. <music> Hello there, everybody. Dennis Prager with you. There was a piece on what is going on in our schools, and it showed the cover of a book for little kids... Because I, I know it's for little kids because it's a little kid drawing a little, a drawing of a little kid on the cover, a little girl looking, as it were, into a mirror and the title of the book is I'm Not a Girl. This is given out in, I don't know how many schools, but obviously I saw the picture of it. And that's what it is. I'm not a girl. It's a girl. It's clearly, she's a girl. And she's looking. I have it right in front of me here. So she's looking into, I, I guess, some sort of uh, imagery. And she sees, you know, it's faint, but she sees a boy. Written by Maddox Lyons and Jessica Verdi about a transgender child. If you're actually looking at me now at the Salem News Channel, there's the picture. Hey, it's coming through very clearly, gentlemen. I want to thank you. I salute you. Taken six people to work this out, but it's worked. You can also see my wedding band, actually, quite clearly, in case you're interested. My suspicion is you're not. I'm not a girl. Little little a book for little girls i would say the girl in the picture is like 6 it's unbelievable it is unbelievable what is happening in this country bad 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 people are are hurting our children and apparently most americans don't care until it affects their child then it's too late in many cases and then you're warned that if you don't accept that your daughter is a boy, that she will kill herself. So what are parents supposed to do? There are no alternate voices allowed because of the corruption of the medical and psychological professions and the chi- children's hospitals. I played for you. Boston Children's Hospital's video. I wonder if they still have it up. Yes, they. this video from a psychologist or psychiatrist at Boston Children's Hospital, this woman tells you, almost from birth, children know they're not the gender that they are assigned. This is another, by the way, Orwellian term, assigned. Are you assigned a race? Actually, you're more assigned a race than you were assigned a sex, ironically. But they don't say that about what is your assigned race, do they? Is Barack Obama black or white? Equal equal genetically black father, white mother, but he's assigned black. If you were one quarter, if three grandparents were white and one grandparent were black, he'd be assigned black. It's quite interesting, given the the lie, this gigantic, horrible lie that America is systemically racist, that it is advantageous to call yourself a black now, how does that work if you If you were applying to a university or a pilot's job or anything, anything you were and it asked your race. Do you think you would be at a disadvantage or an advantage if you put black or Hispanic, but especially black? See, there was a country that was systemically racist, Nazi Germany. Jews were trying to save their lives by claiming they weren't Jews because it was bad for Jews. But in America, it's not bad for blacks. So people actually want a black identity. Any blacks checking off white in their applications? Any blacks with an equal parentage of both races putting white down or do they think they have a better chance of getting a scholarship or gaining admission if they say black? The left tells you the opposite of truth, the true opposite of truth. Is there any talk about the disproportionate number of violent acts, criminal violence, committed by blacks in the society? Of course not. Because truth is not a left-wing value. In fact, if you mention it, the odds are you're called a racist. Even though the point is just to tell you that the left is lying, it is secondarily about blacks. It is primarily about white leftists. That's the world in which we live, my friends, and that's why you listen to this program, or watch my fireside chat, or read my books, and not just me. There are a lot of people telling you the truth today. People will not be able to say that the truths in the first quarter of the 21st century were not being told. What they can't say is they decided not to listen. There's a big difference between not said and not heard. American Psychological Association politicizes Itself The transformation of the American Psychological Association, which over the years has committed itself in the field of psychology along with it to identity politics, the American, Med- the American, not medical, Psychological Association's recently released Racial Equity Action Plan. The Racial Equity Action Plan, wow. Is just the latest installment. Remember, the key to understanding modern life is everything the left touches, it destroys. Now, it's the turn of the American Psychological Association to be a net bad in American life. It, it is actually a harmful influence in America. The APA's makeover appears to have accelerated during the riots in the summer of 2020, that June, the American Psychological Association asked for feedback from its members as to how it might use, quote, the power of psychology to address the pandemic of racism. Uh, if you, I have been asked many times on the radio and in private, how do you choose a therapist, a psychotherapist? So I've given a whole host of suggestions, but now it's very easy. All you need to do is ask them, do you agree that there was a pandemic of racism and that it needs to be addressed by the American Psychological Association? If they say yes, then that is not your therapist. That's it. The, the person's either a coward or, or a radical. And if, the, if that's what you want, then obviously go with that therapist. But this is a really good test. Or if they're angry at you for asking or annoyed, they won't get angry. If they're annoyed, why would they be annoyed? This is the official document of their own association, the American Psychological Association. So why why would they be annoyed? You're simply asking, do you concur with your own professional organization? In April 2021, the APA released its Equity, Diversity and Inclusion Framework, a document laden with concepts from critical race theory and enjoining members to, quote, this is what all psychologists should do, embed equity, diversity and inclusion throughout all aspects of our work. What does that have to do with being your therapist? What does equity, diversity and inclusion have at all to do? with treating your issues psychologically. The trend continued throughout last year. In October 2021, the APA passed a resolution on advancing health equity that, quote, centered on race slash ethnicity as the key driver of health inequities. Really? Race and ethnicity are the key drivers in terms of health inequities? not personal behavior at all it's only the society engaging in racism the association now appears resolute on using the term ready no longer blacks people of the global majority quote an alternative collective term for people of color back in a moment Mm-hmm. I was reading to you about the American Psychological Association. It's very important. I said this about doctors. You should ask your doctor if, the, if he or she, a prospective doctor or even one you're seeing, do you agree with the American Medical Association that the sex of a child not be listed on a birth certificate because we don't know the sex of a child? The child will determine it. That's the official position of the American Medical Association. Do you want a doctor who is, is, is such a sheep that he or she goes along with the opposite of reality? This is, these are opposites of reality, my friends. It's incredible. You're not born a boy or a girl. That's the official position of the American Medical Association. Bad people have taken over all of these organizations because decent people are weak, very few decent people fight that's the history of the human species. Plato thousands of years ago wrote about that i I'll, I'll give you some of the uh, some of the statements, but it's it, it's essentially. The the famous statement of Edmund Burke, that all evil needs to succeed is for good people to keep quiet. We're living through that now. However, I want you to know a lot of good people are speaking out. That's important. Not enough, but a lot. I was just uh, speaking recently to a woman. I ask parents when I meet them, "Do your parent, what's your batting average?" That's the way I usually put put it. Among your children, with regard to holding your moral, social, political values. So this uh, individual said, in her case, that it was a. She's two for two with her kids. One of the kids was at a uh, at her university the head the president of her sorority and i said so did any of the girls in the sorority know that she was conservative and she said no that is fascinating when is the last time that people had to hide their views. I mean, vast numbers of people, half the country, if you will, had to hide their views. I don't know if we... Maybe if you were a communist in the 50s, although many were outspoken, but that that might be the the last time, and it was not comparable because it was basically a tiny number of communists in the country, but we have a vast number of conservatives in the country. This, this is unprecedented, that large numbers of Americans fear speaking what they believe. It's a very dark time in that sense. By the way, talking about uh, speaking out, it's critical for every group to do so. Jews are identified with being on the left it's worth remembering that a third of Jews voted for Donald Trump in the last election, one out of three. That's not a lot in, in, in that sense, but it's a lot when you think that it was five percent among American blacks. If 30 percent of black America voted Republican, no, no Democrat would win. <laughs> so it, it, you know there aren't enough Jews to make a, a difference in that regard. As there are many, of course, blacks, many more blacks than Jews in the country. In light of that, I just want you to know tomorrow night, if you are in the LA area or if you are not in the LA area but like to drive far or fly far, I am speaking for the Jewish Republican Alliance. Tomorrow night, just go to Where's Dennis at my website. And it's a great evening. It will be a great evening. I promise you. We return in a moment. You're listening to The Dennis Prager
0: Show. The Dennis Prager Show. Yep,
1: yep, I'm giving you the details of the latest American Psychological Association being ruined by the left. The APA passed the resolution in October Quote, centered on race slash ethnicity as the key driver of health inequities. The association now appears resolute on using the term, this is a new one, eh folks, this is new, people of the global majority. That is the new term for blacks. I guess for non-whites, because blacks are not a global majority, but non-whites. So if you're not white, you're in the global majority racially. Wow, you know, it's funny because that is exactly a point that white racists, to the extent that they exist, would actually use. Look at how much of a minority whites are and how much more they accomplish. That's what the white supremacist would say. This feeds exactly into the narrative. See, if you divide the world by values as I do, race becomes insignificant. The, anyway, the idea of white supremacy is quite remarkable. The the idiocy of it is is just any knowledge of history. Wh- whites whites did some obviously great things in building Western civilization, and and Stalin was white, and Hitler was white, and and. And Mao was not white. And so, so, what's the difference? The world is divided by values, not by race. Left-wing values are evil. Always have been. Why people are attracted to evil is a puzzle that I have never fully unraveled. The record of the left is so despicable in terms of murder, enslavement, torture totalitarianism, destroyed lives, and yet, you know, people flirt even with communism. I'm not talking about the record of the liberal, I'm talking about the record of the left. So that's it. I see. People of the global majority... It's an alternative collective term for people of color that does not center whiteness. That's right. So if you say someone's not white, then you're centering whiteness. If you say someone is part of the global majority, you're not referencing whiteness. That is what the American Psychological Association said. Do you understand what this all is about to a large extent? It is an attempt to fight evil. That doesn't exist or barely exists. it gives empty people meaning. So talking about empty people uh, let's let's play uh, how much do we have left in this uh, segment good let Let's play more of the attack on me. What is it on the slave owner thing? it's worth It's so worth playing the whole thing. It's precious. This is a left wing podcast called The Young Turks. The intellectual depth of these people comes through very clearly, and I—it's—it's uh, it's somewhat helpful to our cause to play them. So I, I don't remember obviously everything that they said. There were some real corkers in there. Oh yes, that was a—that's right. Yes, I was called a Christian. You won't allow me to say it, right? Don't say it. A Christian blank kisser. Fill in the word. Isn't that something? First she said I was a Christian. It's a a male and a female. I think that that's their preferred pronouns. I, I haven't established it. Yeah. I actually think that death of Christianity is the death of America, and I'm a Jew saying it, so I am therefore a Christian butt kisser. This is the intellectual depth I was referring to of the left. These are people popular on the left. The moment you think deeply, you leave the left. It is not possible to think deeply and be a leftist. You can be a liberal, you can be a conservative. Not all conservatives are deep, but there is no depth in leftism. It is an emotional outburst of give me meaning, give my empty life meaning. I don't have I don't have love of country, I don't have love of God, I don't have love of religion. So I have to fill the that void. People love to believe that they're fighting evil, which is by the way, if you're fighting evil, it's a really great thing to to love that you do. I I rather spend my time with my hobbies than fight evil, but I have no choice. It's engulfing the best country ever made in history and destroying things like the American Medical and the American Psychological and the American Psychiatric Association. And of course, the, uh, it's, it's, all, it's all across the board with uh, pediatrics as well, what is it, the American Pediatrics, I don't, I don't remember the, like, the last the word of it, of their organization too. They're on board with hormone blockers, God to give that to twelve year olds the perversion of medicine that is taking place in in the world of pediatric medicine, yes, American Academy of Pediatrics that's it. Well done, Sean. American Academy of Pediatrics. Yeah. So let me understand. You're, uh, you're 18. You can't get a drink. You know, you can't buy a cigar if you're 18. But if you're a girl and you want your breasts removed, they'll do it. Healthy breasts cut off. And these people think lowly Those engaged in clitoridectomies.
0: The Dennis Prager Show.
1: Hey, everybody! I asked the question last, the last segment here. So, what do you think of this? If you're 18, you cannot buy a cigar. You cannot enter a cigar shop, which is which is absurd. You can, in fact, decide to have your breasts surgically removed. So the brain of a, an 18-year-old is not wise enough to, get a, to have alcohol or, or tobacco. They can't make that decision. But they can decide to remove their breasts because they think they're a boy. I ask myself almost on a daily basis, is there anything the left can do that would finally awaken liberals from their self-induced coma? And I, I have to answer, I think there is nothing. Liberals are the problem, not leftists. Every society has evil at some point that liberals will continue to vote for the Democratic Party in places like Chicago or Los Angeles, any big city, for example. The violent crime in Chicago is astonishing. It is completely created by the left, completely, with the demoralization, defunding, etc., of police. And the... uh, The belief that if you are not white and you commit a violent crime, society is responsible more than you are. Because, you know, there are too many blacks in prison, which is, of course, true. The question is did they earn their imprisonment? Did they do something awful to be there? That's the only question. Not what. What percentage of those there are black? Okay, all wanna remind you, go to my website. You want something really positive in your life, my High Holy Day services in two weeks, either come in person or live stream it through Salem. At Dennisprager.com dot com, cited on the show, you'll see the where you can click. It's very moving stuff, I promise. We need positive and we need religion. See you tomorrow. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia.